combination, please. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Religious Not Spiritual, the podcast where a disillusioned preacher reads through the entire Bible and talks about whatever comes up. People like me thinking that we get to weigh in on how to properly protest murders committed There's by this police. insidious urge that white folks have trying to turn Black Lives Matter into All Lives Matter like the worst kind of grammar Nazi. So I've I, I've been away for so long. I thought that I was done. The MFA stuff that I'm in is heavy right now, and um, also the world seems to be falling apart. Um, this has been a really uh, messed up week. Um, uh, the deaths of Eric Garner and Regis Korczynski Pake, uh, and 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 she lived just just a walk from where I live uh, are, are, are the latest in, in these extrajudicial killings, these, these murders of, of black and brown people committed by police that they seem completely unable to, as a organization, repent of. And so now the, the, the protests that have been sparked and once again the police turn back to violence and it all seems um, very terrifyingly biblical especially because if they were willing it could end so because of that this next chapter has been heavy on my mind um, because of that idea if 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 they were willing okay so people talk sometimes i mean this gets framed into a weird conversation on the internet especially because of the people who i am connected with on the internet having kind of like a foot in all sorts of different worlds with with my uh, people from my evangelical past and the people who i know in pakistan and then the people from the life that i live now um as you know this you know trying to be a good dude in a in a, in a new world here in toronto and 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 the conversations that I see, they're they're often appalling. I see I see people talk about the difference between good cops and bad cops as if they were good apples and bad apples, and I'm appalled because it is disgusting to me that we would tolerate something like bad apples in a force designed to inflict violence on the population, right? This isn't Sobies. This isn't uh, yeah Bob the Stock Boy is real lazy. He's a bad apple. No, th- th- this is something different, right? What did, what did someone say on the internet? You know, if, 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 there, if there was like a few bad apples in the airline industry, oh, sorry, you might fall into a mountain. That's just one bad apple. Don't, don't blame the system, though. Don't blame the system. Oh, if we were willing, we could be healed. I, I, these videos, these videos of legally empowered mobs driving into crowds with cars and horses, destroying water stations, pushing people with such an aggressive, malicious violence that they topple onto the ground and uh, peaceful people getting pepper sprayed. Like, what is going on? And, and I hear about people are talking about the looting. What about the looting? What about the property damage? I hear people like me, and by that I mean white people who really don't have a clue what it's like to live as a racialized person in North America. People like me thinking that we get to weigh in on how to properly protest murders committed by police. 
We have no clue. We have no clue what we're talking about. And so I'm just, and, 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 you know, here's the thing, because in my heart, I still love Christianity. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in there, but I'm of there. So when I see this, I'm just, it's, it's, it's a, it's a feeling of disgust is what I have. Just a feeling of disgust that the conversation is that, 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 that my people are trying to pull the conversation in this oppressive power supporting way to try to make it seem like there's nothing actually wrong. Like these are isolated instances, that these are isolated moments and there's no actual problem. And it's just this, this blindness. Last year, my, my wife, my wife is from Pakistan, uh, and, and her brother, they both went to a bar last summer to get uh, beer and wings. Okay? A week later, she took me to the same bar and we ordered the exact same beer and wings because they were good. We ordered the exact same thing, paid the exact same price. My beers, our beers, were twice the size. Were twice the size. When they ordered the pint, they got the half pint when they were together. When we ordered with me, it was a full pint. Right? People, people treat my wife differently when I'm there. Things are easier when I'm there. Never, never has she walked with me and somebody yelled out the window packy at her. But that's happened when I haven't been there. Right? Never has she been in a, a or people approaching her uh, lewdly or aggressively. Doesn't happen when I'm there. All right? Uh, and that stuff has never happened to me, right? And, and this stuff, these stories about uh, getting a smaller beer when you're, when you're with your brown brother than with your white husband, that's just the barest tip of the racist iceberg. Here, here, here's a good line lifted from the internet. Uh, something like, white privilege doesn't mean that you get special treatment for being white. It means that you avoid the special treatment that people who aren't white get. The poor treatment, the suspicion, the people touching your friggin' hair. Oh, and, you know, whenever you see a cop, you're afraid because they target you. I've never been targeted by police because of my race. Oh, that's not true. Oh, that's not true. I was once. I was targeted by police because of my race one time. I was living in Pakistan and I was driving my motorbike through, through town. And as I passed, the cop pulled me over and he said, wow, where are you from? Who are you? And I explained who I was, why I was living in the town. And he said, okay, it's tea time. I need a small bribe for tea. I thought he was inviting me for tea at the time because I don't know, I just thought that everyone wanted to be with me. But no, he was asking me for a small bribe. It was about 30 cents. And, and there you go, there's your 30 cents, have your tea, and I'm off. And I went away thinking, wow, that's a really neat incident. I, told, I tell people that story, and they're, they're shocked. People are shocked. Well, what did you do? What did you do? You gave it to him? You didn't try to call the police supervisor? Why didn't you complain? It's just not right. And I wonder how many of the people had that reaction at my story uh, are among the people wagging judgy fingers at protesters now. If we were willing, we could be healed. Because that's the problem, a fundamental unwillingness. There's this insidious urge that white folks have trying to turn Black Lives Matter into All Lives Matter like the worst kind of grammar Nazi. It's like this willful ignoring of the fear and violence that black lives are subjected to. When you say all lives matter, ask yourself why. What is it about the state and the arm of violence that makes you want to defend them so much? I think it's because we're unwilling to be healed, like the people in Luke 4, just fundamentally unwilling to be healed. Because healing means change, too. <sighs> I was going to get to all that after reading a bit. Let's read. Let's read the Bible. Let's... I kind of want to read the part of the Bible where Jesus goes to the temple. Uh, you know that famous scene where Jesus goes to the temple. He realizes that what this thing was for is not what it's being used for now. And it's being used for an evil purpose. And he just gets a whip and just rips it apart. Right? 
Luke chapter 5. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put it out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Doesn't say what he's taught. So far, we're, we're still just getting implications of what Jesus has taught. And my thesis, which is getting stronger by the minute, is that this is a very uh, uh, radical anti-oppression message. And even if it wasn't, it doesn't matter because I don't believe in this stuff and I get to take it however I want. So there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and we took nothing. But at your word, we will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. Okay, so Simon is like, we've already fished. We've got nothing. This guy obviously doesn't know what's up. This Jesus fellow uh, might be good at the preaching and all that, but he can't tell us how to do our job. Why? Because we've been doing it this way forever. Our fathers were fishermen like this. We just do it this way. Jesus said, okay, try it this way. And now Peter, at least, or Simon, because he's not Peter yet, Simon at least has the willingness, okay, hey, because you say so, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. Whoa, that worked. That worked. In a similar way, if we as a society keep clinging to our old ideas of uh, righteousness through threat of violence, and what I mean by that is we think that we obey the law because of the cops, which I don't really think is true. I don't think that's why we obey the law. Those of us who do generally obey the law. So our loyalty to that old system maybe needs to be shaken up, is being shaken up. Anyway, so they caught, they, they taught, caught a ton of fish so much that they signaled to their partners on the other boat to come and help them. And they both came and filled the boat so that they began to sink. So many fish. This worked really, really well. Look at Peter. This is great. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. See, stuff like this is why I think this isn't about fish, right? My interpretation of this back when I was an evangelical was Peter sees this miracle, realizes he's standing in the presence of the divine. And when you stand in the presence of the divine, you know what sort of a sinful butthead you are. And so he has this conversion experience and uh, repentance and all that. But I think this might be a little bit deeper. This isn't about fish, right? This is about testing up and going against the way that we've done things. And when it works, to realize it works, to repent of the way we were doing it before and go forward trying to learn how to do it differently. Now, Simon is just starting this journey, and I feel like I'm just starting my journey, too. And as a society, we're in this weird place right now where everything seems to be ending, which means it's starting. So this is a very poignant passage for right now. Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. It's almost as if Peter is recognizing, you know what? I have been a part of this old way of doing things. I can't learn how to do it new. I see this. I see the good in this new way of doing things, but I can't be a part of it. So I just better excuse myself. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Okay, so all three of these people are, are representing this, this, this way that we've always done it, right? And they're like, we recognize this new way is amazing, astonishing, so astonishing, we feel like we can't have any part. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching men. What? Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. 
I guarantee Simon has no clue what Jesus is talking about. That doesn't make sense. What? But it's enough. Because Jesus has shown this new way at least gets a lot of fish. Follow me. Who knows what we can do? And so they, when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Boom. Full renunciation. Let's try this experiment. Let's start over. Now, of course, this is extreme. Of course it's extreme. It's the Bible, right? It's scripture. All myth is extreme. It has to be. For me, when I see this, I am reminded that the systems that we have in place, whatever they are, they were put in place at a certain time, and they will not be in place forever, no matter what, no matter what. Ruth has been doing a lot of work uh, in, in college, and a lot of the things that she's studying is about the origins of the police force in Canada, and it's terrifying. Okay, the, the police force in Canada is like a racist force, right, designed to put indigenous people in their place until they all petered out of existence. Right. And then changed into like this anti-communist spy force. And then we just keep inheriting this stuff and we have it. And we say, well, why do we have it? Well, there must be a reason. Um, oh, it must be because we're going to kill each other if we don't have police. Of course, that, that's that's one of those real big things that's kind of hard to prove, isn't it? Because you'll just be like, no, we totally would kill each other if we didn't have police. And I'm like, no, we wouldn't. Yeah, we would. It's like, OK, Ugh. way back, way back. Actually, it doesn't seem what well, seems like way back. I mean, in, in the height of my journey to be faithful to Scripture and to Christ, uh, we were very quickly, me and friends, were coming to conclusions that the way we even do living isn't, isn't the way that we're supposed to be doing it, not, not according to the New Testament principle. Um, this whole idea of protecting one's private property and, 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 and working for wages, uh, this, this, this capitalistic American dream that Christianity or Christendom has embraced wholeheartedly is just so foreign to the society that the first Christians in Acts built, uh, where everything was held in common. You don't need police in that. You don't need police in that. No one's going to try that, though. Why would you give up your power? Why would you give up? Why would you? Luke five twelve. While he was in one of those cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. It's a, it's a chilling sentence. And I believe it's also basically what protests are saying. They're loud declarations. If you will, we could fix this to the police. If you are willing, if you are willing to put an end to this, to this violence, to the allowance of, of these so-called bad apples in the police force, if, if you're willing to put your power down, this could be healed. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. For a week, I've just been that verse. This, this, little, this little exchange. If you're willing, I could be clean. I'm willing to be clean, right? I'm not trying to make it sound like this is a parallel or a metaphor for these really important protests over the extrajudicial killings of black and brown people uh, 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 and, and the attention to the murders of Eric Gardner and Regis Korchinski Packet. So I'm not, so I'm not, trying, to, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say that this story is that story because it's not that story. It's not that story. But when it comes to myth and when it comes to scripture, the meaning comes out of the contact between all these words and the world as it is right now. So, so it's there because of that. And it just makes me, it reminds me also of the other time, I don't remember if Jesus says it in this book or another, 
but he says the kingdom of God is within your reach or different translations will say it's coming or it's in your midst but I like it's in your reach because it gives the idea of this this exchange if we were willing this could be healed if we were willing it would be healed who is we the we is any of us who are bearing witness and speaking any of us who have power who can use it right so 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 when you're on the internet and you're trying to bring the attention of this conversation to the naughtiness of protesters what you're doing is you're demeaning and you're blocking the important story of this systemic racism that's keeping going on and the killings it's like it's like when jesus says you're blocking the kingdom of god you're you're not going in yourself and you're not letting anybody else in either let's finish this passage and, and then we're done lord if you will you can make me clean and jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying i will be clean and immediately the leprosy left him and he charged him to tell no one but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as moses commanded for a proof to them but now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray did it do 